Oh, ho, 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 my friends. Today, we are talking about lawsuits. Welcome to the REI Society podcast, everybody. Look, today is a crazy day where I'm talking about the stuff that makes you want to cringe as a real estate investor. And or if you're exploring real estate investing for the first time, you need to understand that real estate is something where you're serving the public. You're renovating a house and, and you're listing it for sale. Somebody's going to move into that property. So there's liability there. Uh, if you're owning property and somebody's staying in there for a short-term rental or a long-term rental with a tenant, you, there is liability there. No matter how you do this thing, even if you're a real estate agent and you're buying, helping people buy and sell homes, there's still liability there. And there's also excess liability where even insurance can't satisfy you. So here's the thing. I am really just going to put it, put it out there to you front forward. Just say, hey, look, you have to keep doing business and not worry about getting sued. The more business you do, the likelihood that you will be sued. And it's just a part of doing American business. Um, if you read the statistics about lawsuits, you'll actually see that more than 100 million cases are filed each year in the state trial courts in America, while 400,000 are, are actually filed in federal trial courts. It sucks. You are living in America and we are a, a lawsuit litigation heavy uh, country and you're probably going to be sued or have a threat of lawsuit over your career uh, if you're in business long-term. I've, in fact, been sued several times and or had the uh, threat of lawsuit several times. First time I was sued, it really, really sucked. I was losing everything in 2008, 2009, and I was under bankruptcy, and basically one of the lenders I had worked with with these, these banks, uh, these community banks that don't even exist anymore, but these community banks who were in your neighborhood, all into the different cities, and they had more of a relationship with you. You know, now 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 you they've been absorbed by like Wells Fargo and Bank of Americas and things like that, so they don't really exist too often anymore, but it was that small town community bank that we used to have in America right before the recession. Well, I did a lot of construction loans with these guys back in the days, and one in particular, um, as I was losing everything, uh, they decided that they wanted to say that I lied about the renovations on my property and they threatened lawsuit and they actually filed it and I had to get an attorney involved. Basically, it was my bankruptcy attorney. I had to get my bankruptcy attorney involved and we had to break down every line item expenditure that we, we paid out on this property. And um, unfortunately... You know, I there I couldn't prove everything. I lost receipts. I had all these things. I turned in a construction budget on this flip home back in the day, and the lender was just really, really pissed off and upset that I was losing. Pro I was losing my property. That you know, it was 2008. They were scared of what's going on in the market, and unfortunately, they they just got nervous and they wanted to lead. Um, 
by example, by making me the forefront person that was gonna get damaged because I brought a lot of investors to them and they didn't want a lot of other investors bringing their deals back to the bank or, or losing them. So they, they threatened and, and, and showed me as the person who brought them to them, they showed me their lesson. They were going to make me the example. Like if you freaking think that you're going to lose this house, we are going to ruin you. So they did. They sued me. Even through bankruptcy, it pierced the bankruptcy veil per se. And I lost um, this case. And basically they sued me for $20,000. I could only prove like $13,000. And I had to still come up with seven grand. Of course, I was going through bankruptcy. I couldn't afford the $7,000. So I had to work out a payment plan. And, uh, you know, that was the judgment that was filed against me. I had to pay $7,000 uh, over time when I was broke. And it sucked. It really sucked. I didn't do any wrong. I just couldn't come up with all the receipts. I, would, I had to move. I was losing all my houses, 20 rental homes, um, my, my 4,000 square foot home on the golf course, some German cars. Uh, you know, it was just a bad time. I had to go rent from a friend. Receipts were gone. And this was like a year after I had moved <laughs> and I was already going through bankruptcy. Uh, I was, this was, this bankruptcy of mine was completely dragged out and it, it was what it was. I ended up having to pay it. So the lesson I learned in that one was, gosh, man, I thought I was going to be sued. And then, you know, they were throwing out like terms of fraud and um, all this misrepresentation. And I'm thinking, oh my God. This is the first time I've ever been having this threat. So fraud, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a good person. Nobody's trying to defraud a bank. I'm not trying to screw anybody. Misrepresentation, oh my gosh, who who's misrepresenting? All I did was bring you guys a lot of business and you guys made a lot of money off my family and friends. And then on top of that, I'm losing the house that you, you're getting a home with a ton of equity uh, because of this cataclysmic effect from 2008 how am I misrepresenting this transaction? It just sucks. And if you guys don't know about my story, um, go back to the podcast. Uh, I'll link in the podcast where I, I talk about my story, but it, it was this crazy, crazy story of where uh, the banks, you know, got freaking scared and uh, one bank after another, I had to try to work with. And this bank in particular that I'm talking about here that actually did sue me just said F you. And then I had another bank that, said F you and they took back my home and took a, seized, seized a bunch of assets and it was just really bad time. So I'll link that extra episode in this podcast in the show notes. Um, and this was actually an interview where my friend Rob was interviewing me and I told a little bit more about that story. But uh, outside of that, you know, I, I felt like I was a good person and I didn't do any bad and I didn't do any wrong, but they saw otherwise they sued and they won. So the lesson I learned was, is first of all, these terms are really arbitrary, fraud and misrepresentation. I'll show you an example here in a few um, minutes, but uh, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's, it's all arbitrary. It's all made up baloney. It's legal jargon. But the first time you ever get one of those letters, your butt gets tight. And it did. <laughs> My butt got really, really tight. Second time I had a threat of lawsuit. Well, first of all, that was the only time that I actually was sued all the way and had to pay a judgment. The second time I 
you know, had a threat of lawsuit. I was, uh, this was right around 2011, like two years after this first threat and I ended up having to pay. So you can imagine I'm already like scared after I get this first letter. But my wife and I, we had rebuilt our business in real estate after like a year off of doing some sales jobs. I started my own brokerage. I had my license for seven years. I started my own real estate brokerage and then I started applying for REOs, which was real estate owned bank foreclosures. Bank foreclosures were everywhere. And I saw, well, now I got my own broker's license. I am my own agent. I got a couple of agents working for me. I might as well be the brokerage that houses the real estate, um, you know, the, the foreclosures and throw them in the MLS and make some money off of them that way. And, and we did, we, we, we got a bunch of listings from all these different um, Fannie Mae's and Freddie Mac's and Wells Fargo's and any bank you can think of, we had those listings and I did really, really well as a listing agent. Um, oftentimes we were the, the agent that represented the, the buyers. And uh, anyways, we had a specific property that was a listing that had a nice pool, beautiful home, large home, uh, lots of uh, nice amenities. And this property itself had, um, this property itself actually had all kinds of cool things with it, but it attracted a lot of buyers because of the appeal that it had. And one buyer after another was coming through. And then we had an offer from somebody that we showed the home to, and we were getting excited. We we're going to get both sides of the commission. Uh, my wife and I were like, you know, I think the banks pay you a little less than 6%. They're paying like 5%. I'm like, man, this is a big commission on a quarter million dollar home. The same home is probably half a million, $600,000 nowadays. Um, but back then that was a lot of money, especially when I was coming back from bankruptcy. Well, I had this agent at the time show it and she was representing herself as the buyer and fell in love with the property too. And I had my offer in and then she sent in an offer. So I sent them both to the bank and uh, uploaded it through this corporate um, portal, this e-portal and the lenders, uh, the lender, the bank decided to take our client's offer, the buyer that we were representing. And this agent thought we had committed fraud because she had given a good offer and, and she didn't like the response that they were taking somebody else's offer. So she made an allegation that we didn't present her offer to the lender and we were committing fraud <laughs> or misrepresentation in, in this letter. This was her claim. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a freaking minute. This is wrong. This is not right. You are crazy. There is no way that this actually happened. And I had to go back through all my emails and all of my, my portal communication, get with an attorney. We had to, you know, submit evidence in a rebuttal letter and we sent it back to this agent documenting line item by line item that this person was actually wrong. And in fact, we were going to sue them for, um, basically, uh, I, I guess some kind of like wasteful time. I forgot the term, the legal term, but the, some kind a wasteful, uh, uh, lawsuit, a frivolous lawsuit. That's the term, a frivolous lawsuit. And it was, it was insane. Like we sent all that back and then weeks after weeks, after weeks, months after months after months, I never got a response back from the, uh, the attorney. My, and I finally called my attorney up. I said, is this what's going on? I'm like, I'm nervous here. Like, I don't want to have to freaking pay for something I didn't do. And in that letter, it was talking about, we're going to take you to, um, you know, 
you know, jail and all this crap. It was so stupid. But uh, my attorney said after like three or four months, he said, this is actually common in the real estate world, in the legal world, that if, um, if they don't like your response and they know that it is true, they just won't respond because they don't want to be knocked down, if that makes sense. So that was really, really, uh, that was really, really interesting for sure. Um, outside of that, we, you know, I've had another lawsuit in the past. I was working with Private Capital with my pr- former business partner, and we had this gentleman who flew in, did a couple deals with us, and we turned in budgets. We showed him everything that we were going to do this property sp- specifically, and he didn't like that we were getting a repair reimbursement after closing, didn't understand that there are inspection repairs when you flip a home the buyer is going to get an inspection and we had to do inspection repairs and this inspection repair was actually kind of lengthy and had a lot of cost associated with it and unfortunately we had um unfortunately we had some issues with the property after renovations and if you've learned sorry that's my dog there if you learned that this if you've learned from any of these episodes that i've talked about anything happened in real estate so we had some seriously major stuff that happened and we turned that in for repair reimbursement showed him the receipts and he basically acted like we lied and made it up so he sent us an attorney letter basically saying this representation of fraud and this is like the third time i've seen it i'm like dude whatever you know we're gonna back all this up and we backed it up we backed it all up we sent it in like my second lawsuit threat backed it all up and they didn't like it they did not like it at all um they thought we made it up all the documentation and all this stuff. And this jackass decided he was gonna push his weight around. He's an old retired military guy and he he had the time to fight us. And he basically said that we kept a lot of money and we shorted him on $20,000 profits, which was not the case. We actually spent all that money in renovations. We made like, um, I don't know. I, th- I think he said we, I think he had, I can't remember it exactly now. It's been so many years. I think he said that we, we were supposed to have made like $60,000 in profits, uh, but we only paid out on, on 40. And because we uh, defrauded him with that 20, he wants the whole 20 plus his legal fees and, and, and attorney fees all compensated as well. So we went back and forth. This took a year. This took a year and we never even got all the way to court. We finally, you know, racked up $10,000 in, in attorney fees working on our end. And um, um, we finally settled after like 11 months, almost a year. We finally settled and uh, paid this gentleman out like $10,000. So we actually spent the $20,000. If I'd known now what I knew then, I think I might have would just have cut the freaking payment. Um, but we, we didn't do any wrong, but this is what I'm saying. If you're dealing with the public, you're dealing with people, and in this kind of servitude, um, public servant kind of business, people are going to get mad. You're gonna deal with different personalities. You're gonna deal with different types of natures of human beings, and, and not everybody's gonna click with you. Not everybody is going to believe you. Not everybody is going to um, want to do business with you the way you want to do business, or even the way you enter into the business arrangement it doesn't matter even the paperwork. Even if you have contracts and paperwork that spells out all the terms, people will sue just to sue. People will sue just to push their weight around if they feel like 
they will agree to disagree. They will not only disagree to, uh, agree to disagree, they will push their weight around and force you into a hole. And then you have to go get a defense. And I wish I could say that this was more. I mean, I mean the end of it, but I've had allegations of, of you know, we hid, we hid um, water damage on a home. We sold a home. Two years later, after the owner's been owning it, they, they sent us a letter and said that we hid some foundation damage because we finished out a basement and there was water intrusion and it flooded out their basement. Um, and and, and we, we did them wrong. We're like, no, no, we did not do you wrong. In fact, the bank we bought this foreclosure from before we rehabbed it actually had a foundational warranty on it. Here is the warranty. Here is the company. This company did all the waterproofing and everything and you have a lifetime warranty, which I guess in hindsight, that would have been nice if our agent at the time had turned that in to this, um, this buyer so they would have that on hand, but they didn't. They sent this letter out, we sent that back, that letter, dis- that whole letter disappeared. And guess what? Yours truly actually, actually responded to them personally and that attorney representing the buyer back down, we never heard from them again. It's funny how these attorneys disappear and months in, months out, years later, you still ain't never heard from them. And you're, you know, if you're not accustomed to this, you're thinking that something is wrong. You're thinking that somebody's going to attack you at any given day. Now, the reality is it's true. You always have to be on your defense when you're dealing with real estate. You need to make sure you're properly insured. You need to make sure you do business right, but you need to be ready and keep all of your emails, keep as much paperwork as possible. Keep your text. I have my text from my phone ported to my my laptop. My text um, from my phone ported to my iPad. Anything I feel like is a hairy situation, I keep that communication in my text. Anything I feel like is mis uh, is miscommunication or a hairy situation, I keep in my emails, etc., etc., etc. I document to keep forever to prove my case, to show I'm innocent in the case of something is wrong or somebody tries to pursue or say I'm, I'm somebody other than who I am or I've done them wrong. You know, I've had probably two or three more stories. I think I've had a, a property with, um, we sold a house and, and like within six to eight months, a, a roof problem happened and they said that we didn't put the right type of roof on and, and it, it flooded out this house and we're like, no, we did. Um, and then they then they started accusing through their attorney letter, through another email letter. Um, they tried to accuse us of, of not doing the roof. It's not a roof. It's an old roof. We're like, what are you talking about? Here is the receipt. We replaced this roof. You have wind damage. <laughs> there was big storms coming in at the time and your insurance probably doesn't want to replace your roof and you're pissed off guys. If you understand that insurance companies are out there trying to make roof claims to get big compensation. A lot of these times these insurance companies are getting savvy too. And they're like, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to pay for this roof. And buyers get pissed, especially if it happens right after they buy a home, the roof goes out. Even if it was a brand new roof, that's what this buyer did. They got an attorney. They tried to sue us. We sent back all the response, the rebuttals, they disappeared. I've got probably two or three more, but you get the picture. You don't have to keep going through this. This stuff happens. This is insane, but it is what it is. It is what it is. You just got to be ready. You got to make sure you dot your I's, you cross your T's, and 
your own defense. And I hate to say it like that, but you read those, you heard those statistics. More than 100 million cases are filed each year in state trial courts, and roughly 400,000 cases are filed in federal trial courts. Isn't that insane? That is insane. Now, I will say this. Most lawsuits are handled before going to court. If you heard through this whole process, only two of them actually went through the court system. We had a, that one with that investor, it went through the court system, but we settled and we never went to court. But they were pushing the papers, the opposing attorneys were pushing papers and filing through the court system. That first case where the bank sued me went through the court system and they won. The rest of them were just letters. They were threats. Anybody can throw a lawsuit letter around. Anybody can make your butt get tight. You just need to make sure that you have the information or document to push back in the case you need to. And then, you know, if they keep pushing back against you, that's when you bring your attorney in. That's when you have a litigation attorney or a really, really educated real estate attorney that can protect you, that can fight on your behalf. And you're going to have to pay them. Like I said, in that one example, it took a year and this guy made $10,000 off my business partner and I over countless emails and phone calls and dispositions and stupid shit that happened in between um, before start to finish. It was crazy. So this episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that there is a serious side of real estate. You know, you can make big profits, you can lose, you can have bad deals and great deals, but this is the worst side of the, the situation. Not only can you lose money in properties, like I've said in a couple episodes ago, you can actually get sued, pay out, have to try to defend yourself, to prove your innocence, to prove you're not guilty. And it's just a part of doing business in America. It doesn't matter what kind of business in America you have in play. You're, if you're doing business for a couple of decades, for several years, a few years, you're probably going to get a lawsuit letter from somebody. Um, over time, you're probably going to get sued and go through the court system. Over time, you might have to pay a judgment. So I just want you guys to be prepared and understand that this stuff is, is serious. This stuff is serious. Real estate is a public servitude business. You are offering services to the public and you're serving them and you're dealing with personalities and interesting personalities and different personalities this this and that this is why it's important to protect yourself and keep all of your emails your text document documentation in case in case something happens all right guys if you like this episode go ahead and share a screenshot of it in instagram Tag me at Brandon G. Thompson. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok. And of course, if you're interested in one of the four pillars training programs, go to reisocietyedu.com. There you'll find a training program on the, the wholesale course and the flip, the fix and flip course and the long-term rental course and the short-term rental course. And this episode should be airing on Christmas Eve. Tomorrow, if you're listening, on December 25th of 2020, each training program will be $249 a piece. The 
cheapest we've ever launched them put them out there to the public go ahead and get your training program there and from there those training programs just so you understand what they are they're online modules that actually teach and train you how to do the different four pillars of real estate and then from there you also have contract templates and and scripts and etc etc just tons of value in there and you not but not limited to you have private facebook groups where we help personally mentor you and it's it's got people like myself in there but not only myself other students who have come before you and we are all trying to create a society of a like-minded tribe who are trying to propel each other up the ladder of success in real residential real estate so go ahead and go to reisocietyedu.com tomorrow on december 25th christmas day that's my christmas present for you it's only one time a year we're going to do it that low And that is tomorrow. All right, guys. See you in the next episode.